Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th tee here in Marsh. Nathan, Judy, back with you both in the branded apparel of the 19th tee as we get really revved up, Dreads, for what is undoubtedly the best week of the year. That might be a surprise uh, to you and to our listeners who've been tuned into this podcast for the better part of five years. I have always been a man who's <laughs> planted his flag staunchly at Augusta National, uh, but I think as I age and, and mature, uh, whether people think that's possible, I, I'm, I'm coming around to this being the best week of the year, Open Championship week. Yes, it is. Yeah, I've undoubtedly, I've been, I've been flying the flag since day one for this. And uh, you weren't on the call with Micah the other day and I asked him, you know, whether it was the Masters or the Open and he said, undoubtedly it's the Open. So it was two against one because, uh, you know, I was still throwing you into the Masters camp. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, well, two, two against one that's, Faltering, I think would be fair to say, and it could yep. be certainly be three and zero by the end of this week. You mentioned Mika. David Mikaluzzi is the Mika to which you affectionately refer. Uh, David Mikaluzzi forms a massive part of what is a big preview week for the 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in Hoylake. Uh, we will cover it from a bunch of different angles this week on the 19th tee. Pleased to say that uh, you know, as you've mentioned there, Drudes, uh, you've had a great good chat with Mika. Uh, we're going to roll that into tonight's episode alongside a discussion with Gary Lisbon. Uh, keen listeners of this podcast will know that Gary is a return guest. He's one of the very best golf photographers in the business globally. Uh, and he's been delighting his followers on Instagram over the past week or so with snaps of a recent trip to Royal Liverpool itself. So good to get Gary's perspective as a man who spent a bit of time there capturing it through the lens. We're going to get the perspective from on the ground a little later in the week, Australian Golf Digest, Evan Priest, another good friend of this podcast, another return guest, will join us. Uh, not sure if you've been following Ev's socials in the last week or so, Truth, but he's, he's tagged on a little trip to the west of Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, playing some courses into Royal Liverpool at Hoy Lake this week. So an incredible two-week span for one of the best in the business when it comes to Australian golf media. We'll chat to Ev from the ground a little later in the week. And, of course, our regular preview as we do for each and every major. So plenty to get through. Uh, Plenty of interesting content coming your way for this 151st Open Championship, Druids. And what a way to kind of lead in. Uh, I think if if you were to select the storylines coming out of the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club, uh, albeit I would have been absolutely thrilled for Robert McIntyre to win his his National mm-hmm. Open, uh, to have Rory birdie the 17th and 18th holes uh, and with maybe one of the best shots we've seen him play in recent years with a two-on his approach into 18 uh, to secure that birdie putt for victory, uh, it sets up an incredible storyline. Uh, given how close he went last year, ultimately falling short of Cameron Smith, given uh, he has previously won the Open Championship at this golf course back in 2014. The stars are aligning for what I'm sure will be five days full of speculation around Rory's performance leading into the, uh, leading into Thursday night our time. Oh, it was unbelievably impressive. You know, watched the um, most of the back nine and and really had an opportunity on. Uh, I think it was either 15 or 16. It was, uh, 16 to to put himself one in front of, of uh, Bob McIntyre or level with Bob McIntyre and then just missed a, what was 
a largely makeable part and going down 17 and 18, you thought, well, we'll probably there's either two two scenarios here. We're either going into a playoff or, or McIntyre's done enough to win it. And uh, I didn't think for a second that he was going to go birdie, birdie to finish, particularly on 18. Um, but just, uh, I mean, it's a true sign of how good a player he actually is, is, is standing over the four iron, pulling out and going, no, nah, two irons to play here. And yeah, just the stones to step up, step up and hit that part was was phenomenal. It was really phenomenal, and um, yeah, he was, yeah, he he was ecstatic at the end, and I, I don't think we've seen that sort of emotion from Rory for a little while, which was good to see. So yeah, it was um, it was a, an exciting finish, and I uh, echo your sentiments. I would have been pumped for uh, Bob McIntyre to win, but uh, unfortunately not. Remarkable as well. I mean, it only came a few holes after Big Shot Bob himself put an incredible shot into the 18th green for his 72nd hole. It was a fairway yeah. wood in his hands, a little cutty fairway wood that uh, just remarkable. And I, you kind of thought, I don't know about you watching, but when you when you saw that shot from McIntyre, like, well, that I mean, you'd have to think that's a victory because the, the, the poetic moment of him, you know, executing over the ball like that in his national open to, you mm-hmm. know, give himself a birdie look and, and go in as a clubhouse leader, it's going to be hard to top. So for Rory to, as I say, uh, pick up strokes in the penultimate and in the final hole of the tournament um, to secure that victory, I think, is is enormous in in what it means for him. As you say, it was it was emotional. It was probably, I'd suggest that the burden that's been carried over the past eighteen months, um, you know, coming to to the fore, and you know what it means mm. to him clearly to, to still compete at this level. And yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of things that the weekend. Uh, probably revealed. I, I won't necessarily say that it's the very best links golf in Scotland, the Renaissance Club, far from it. But I think even just seeing players deal with not only the conditions on the ground, but the conditions in the air is is incredibly revealing. Uh, and I'm sure it's caused you as many headaches as it has me when it comes to our tips for the preview podcast later in the week, because there's very little you can read into the the you know the rest of the form lines leading in from this season, because they just don't play golf like this. Mm. Uh, and, and the blustery conditions we saw at the Renaissance Club over the weekend are set to continue because, uh, yeah, Royal Liverpool is breezy from what I've seen already so far in the early parts of the week. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is the Scottish Open's not actually that good a form reference for the Open Championship. I mean, you look back at the last handful of winners and it's it doesn't actually bode particularly well. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those ones where you read Re, I can see both sides of it, right? It's great that Rory's got out and he's got a victory, but has he gone a week too early? I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to obviously speculate. The Scottish Open's bounced around in terms of where it's sat in the schedule. So, um, yeah, I mean, only time will tell. But the, he's certainly one of, if not the most experienced player in the field in terms of playing that style of um, golf on the big stage, particularly. Anyway, I mean, I'm sure there are more who have played. Uh, I'm sure there are other players who have played more links golf than him, but um, he he has played as much big golf on the big stage in the moment and step up and executed. So going to hold him in good stead, I would suggest anyway. All right, Drew, it's plenty to get through, and not least of which this evening, as we've already said. Uh, first and foremost, we are going to listen to your chat with with Mika. Uh, mm-hmm. You were fortunate, uh, as much as I was unfortunate, to miss the window, but we grabbed the the great man when we could. He's obviously had a packed schedule leading into this tournament without giving anything away, because uh, people will make up their own mind listening to it across the next 35 minutes. What did you take away from the chat with with a guy that's become you know uh, a good friend uh, as much as as a guest and someone whose journey we've thoroughly enjoyed 
uh, you know, watching on from afar and for some of us carrying the bag on occasion as part of it. But it's certainly an exciting week for him leading into his his first ever major. Well, uh, well, second ever major, first ever Open Championship. But he, sorry, is, of course, he he is absolutely excited. He's pumped, uh, and and there's no doubt that he is um, confident in his game. He said that he's been working on a few things, and he's finally got his swing feeling good again. You'll hear in the chat that he talks um, about how rushed his uh, entry into the PGA Championship was. So there's plenty, plenty to get through. But um, you know, I asked him. I said, "What do you think your chances are?" And and he um, he he's quite bullish. So uh, yeah, enjoy the chat. Um, it was a good one. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some uh, s- some great viewing for the Aussies back here. Plenty in the field, of course, uh, Mika. So yeah, enjoy the chat. Mika, uh, firstly, welcome to the 19th tee once again. I mean, I've lost count of how many times this is, mate. If you're a regular, you are the third co-host of this <laughs> of this show, well Very and truly now. But uh, mate, welcome. How's how's things? Where are you joining us from, and uh, and how have you been? Yeah, everything's good. Um, I'm in Hoylake at the moment. Okay. Yeah, four minutes, four minute drive from rural Liverpool. You so, are well. It's major week, mate, and then this is very exciting stuff. Your second major. We'll touch on the first one in a in a in a brief moment. I mean, what's the setup like there this week? Where are you? I assume an Airbnb of some sort, or what have you got? Like yes. high high car? Are you walking to the club? What's the go? Well. We've got an Airbnb for till Saturday, and then I've got another Airbnb uh, for when my family comes and all that on Saturday. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm like a four minute drive, which is like it's a, just an uncomfortable walk, but it's not too it's not too bad. Like it, it's manageable. Um, so yeah, like it's I just just sco- scoping everything out like the week before and trying to make the the major week is as less stressed as possible. How was it getting an Airbnb? Because I was listening to a few interviews and people were saying that around that area, it was just nightmare to try and get any sort of accommodation. <laughs> was it difficult to get an Airbnb or did the tournament help you out or what's the go there? No. So the tournament does send you like uh, like a link of like all these ACOMs um, that you can use. Uh, which is kind of like Airbnb. Um, but the one I've got for next week, I, I got that like three months ago. Like yeah. as soon as I knew I was into the Open because I knew it was going to be expensive. <laughs> um, but this one was actually not too bad. My um, my manager's assistant uh, booked booked me this one on Friday. Lovely. Like, so yeah, so it was, it was pretty chill and it's not too bad of a price. Like it's pretty, it's actually quite nice in here too, so... Um, but next week, uh, like the prices just go through the roof. Yeah. But... Like if we got this one, if we got probably this Airbnb for next week, it would be probably four times the amount. <laughs> like, it's just silly. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. I guess yeah. that's how it works. What's yeah. the... What's the buzz around town like at the minute there in, in Hoylake? I mean, um, it's obviously got to be exciting when the Open comes to town for these... Uh, for these areas, but what's the buzz like? Is it obviously we've seen the, the grandstands have been bumped in for ages, and but what's it like around town at the minute? Is there a sense of energy in the area? Not yet. I think I reckon once maybe Saturday hits, I think it'll be um, I think it'll be more chockers, and you'll you'll know that there's a tournament going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still pretty. It's still pretty quiet. Like we drove through yesterday, and it was still 
everyone was still doing their normal thing and all that. So, um, so yeah, so I think, yeah, once Saturday hits, I think everyone will be, there'll be a different vibe around here for sure. What's it like being an Aussie over there at the minute? Of course, the Ashes. We're in the middle of the Ashes. I don't know if you've caught much. But I don't even know if you're yeah. a, cricket, a cricket man at all. But what's it like being an Aussie over there at the minute? Because it feels um, like feels like we're enemy number one in the world at the minute. It feels like we've killed Bambi. Yeah, I I followed and and followed enough to obviously know what's going on. But <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been around a few English people over the last few days, and they're fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> not giving you any grief, which uh, is good. No, not giving me any grief. Well, maybe behind my back, probably, but that's all right. I <laughs> no, didn't do anything. No, you haven't done anything. That's exactly right. Exactly. Uh, last time we spoke to you, you uh, you were on the cusp of heading overseas, and you had some really exciting, exciting stuff planned. And of course, it wasn't long after we spoke to you that it was announced that you were getting into some really exciting tournaments over in the US. I mean, can you can you kind of sum up? how the last sort of maybe six to eight weeks has been for you? Cause you've played in some really exciting tournaments since or during that time, probably headlined by the US PGA championship. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess making your PGA tour debut as well would have been right up there. Can you maybe just wrap up the last sort of six to seven to eight weeks for us? Yeah, sure. Um, so well, after we had Korea, I came home for a few days and then, yeah, went to America. Mm. And, yes, yeah, so I had the week off and then uh, the Byron Nelson. Um, that was uh, – it's so different. Well, I'll just I'll say that. It's just mm. very different to any any tournament or a- any any tour, I'll say. It's just like there's so many people there. That it's just a circus. Like it's <laughs> just mental. Um <laughs> But in a good way, like there's like the crowds, are, the crowds are always out there. Like that's what they're known for. They're just like, they just love golf. They love, they love talking shit. They love giving it to the players and the players giving it back to, back to the spectators. But, um, sorry. No, it is early in the before morning. We should, we, we should mention, yeah, you, you, you've joined us very <laughs> kindly early. So you need your, need your brew. What's that's the, uh, what's the brew of choice that you've got there? It looks very uh, dark, just, Nicker. Yeah, it's just straight coffee. Gee, that's uh, that's a man's yeah, no. coffee. My apologies. Please continue, please. <laughs> um. So yeah, and my first round on the PJ tour was sixty six mm. with a hole out from like one twenty. So which was, which was, <laughs> which was really cool. And then the second day, I actually played all right. I just made a couple bad decisions and a couple bad swings, and I made the cut on the number, which was which was cool. Like uh, obviously, I was um a hundred percent uh success rate on on the pj tour but that yeah. obviously changed after memorial but um no it was, it was really cool it got the guys uh the guys have been out there for so long and they've, they either know the courses or they've been around america playing all those kind of type of golf courses it's just a different different style of golf to what i'm used to mm. i'm used to more link style i'm used to running it up i'm used to doing all that kind of stuff where this is more flying it there hitting it longer all that kind of stuff. So I probably I I didn't really putt the best on Sunday, which kind of kind of let me down a bit. I I think I ended up finishing like sixty something. But I like I was maybe I think four shots outside the top thirty. Mm-hmm. So like 
I'd say that was a pretty like successful week. If I like, if you're going to say that I was going to do that, my first PGA Tour event, I'd be like, yeah, sweet, I'll take that. Mm. Um, the PGA was a weird one because I found out about the PGA the Monday of Byron Nelson. Mm-hmm. So it was such a quick turnaround, and I still remember like we we're talking. I was speaking to Herbie about it a couple of days before I went to the Byron Nelson. So I, there's a there was a category. Uh, for the order of merit winners from Oz, Japan, South Africa, Asia, mm-hmm. and the top three of the four get in, and I was number four because right. of the world ranking bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to get in. I haven't really been told anything. That's uh, whatever. Uh, so I had a practice round on the on the Monday, and I got back uh, to the ACOM. I got this weird email saying like, you're in. And I'm like, I had to like really like look at it. Cause I'm like, nah, someone's pulling my leg here because I don't think they just give out like invites just like that. But apparently mm. they do. Apparently they give out like, I think two or three, like, like special invites. Apparently the masters does it as well. Right. So, um, so yeah, I got one of those and, yeah, went from playing my first PJ Tour event to playing my first major in the space of two weeks, <laughs> which was just fucking bizarre, man. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I was saying to Baz yesterday, I didn't really have the um, the major nerves. Mm-hmm. I thought I would, but I actually didn't, just because I think it everything came about so quickly that it just felt like another tournament, but yep. also. I'm hitting balls next to Max Homer. I'm putting next to Scheffler. Um, my uh, my um, my uh, my locker's right next to Rory's and Phil's. Like, I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't play the greatest. I actually, I hit it. I didn't hit it great the first. I hit it great the second day, and just just that golf course was so it was so hard. It it really exposed you more than it should. Um, which is obviously it's a major championship. That's what it's yes, it's supposed to. It, it it's not really. It's obviously about your ball striking, but it's about your um your mentality for the week and how you approach it. And I went from playing one of the easiest golf courses on the PJ Tour to then one of the hardest golf courses in America. Mm. So it was kind of a hard adjustment. Um, but I had a week off. Um. I went and spent time with uh, Jeff Ovi in, um, in Scottsdale. Uh, then I went to Orlando to uh, practice with um, with Curtis and, and Scriv and Ruff. And uh, then I went to Memorial. Memorial was sick. Just just a, just a cool cool place. Just an awesome atmosphere. The uh, just every, everything about it was just was just awesome. I try to soak in as much as I can. Mm. Um, not many, not many people know. I actually woke up Thursday morning with like the stiffest neck. Oh, really? I actually couldn't, I couldn't rotate like that far to my right. Right. So to, so I saw the physio twice before I played. So I saw him early in the morning, and I saw him about four hours later. Got that worked out. Got that worked out somehow found a swing to make it not hurt because like i've i've had this like injury like in the past where 
like it's like a, I've seen it, I think it's a facet joint. Um, it just gets inflamed and literally all the muscles like tense up and you literally just can't move. Um, hitting, like compressing the golf ball makes it hurt. So if you like, if you're like, if you hit an iron shot into, into the ground, it like it vibrates up to your neck. Mm. So, it, and then also like in your follow through because you stretch through, through, um, through your shoulder, it like, it just hurts even more. So I'm trying to like find the swing that doesn't hurt, but it still hurts. I end up shooting like three over and I, I missed a couple putts late, which if I shot even par or one over, it was actually like a really good round. I would have been inside to like the top 35 or 40 or something. Mm. And then the second, second round, I just got off to an awful start and just, yeah, couldn't, couldn't get it back. But, um, I saw the physio that week, I think, Seven times from <laughs> Thursday, Thursday to Sunday. It was yeah. yeah. It was not. It was not. It was not good. It was yeah. It was just like one of those things. Like you, you can't can't control that kind of stuff that happens. Like, and then uh, yeah, then I had well, I had three weeks off after that. Mm. So I just chilled out in Orlando for a bit, and then I uh, came to British Masters. Played like shit there. That was just awful. And then uh, uh, do, just working on a few things on my swing. So I spent a lot of time on the range, which I don't usually do. Um, just trying to trying to work on some things that have gone gone to shit since I've been over here. Yeah. And then uh, then last week I I found I found something found something in my swing that I feel comfortable with. And yeah, well, I think I felt like I couldn't have played. Any worse on the Sunday, I shot shot even par, and I think I came like seventeenth. So mm. it feels like it's it's back on the on the rise, which is nice. And and yeah, what a week to kind of feel like it's on the rise for the Open. Were there any? You, you kind of touched on it there a little bit, but were there any sort of pinch yourself moments when you were over there? You talked about having your locker next to Rory and putting next to Scotty Scheffler, etc. But were there any of those sort of moments where you were like, "Holy shit!" Like oh, I'm just a a kid from Australia that's over here making the most of all the opportunities and there's the number mm. one player in the world. I mean, I, I want to get to John Rahm eventually, but I'm assuming you've seen yeah. John Rahm at some point and I'm wondering, you know, how you were even able to to perform. Were you starstruck? I mean, what? <laughs> Did yeah, any of that well, sort of stuff one, happen? The, the one with Rahm, yeah, I actually haven't met him yet. It's just like everything's been – everything's just been a little bit – um like inconvenient. So when he, so the PJ, I played with Cam on the Tuesday, and I think he was playing morning as well. So like, well, like I oh, will just wait for Memorial. Mm-hmm. He, he had the pro am I think on the Wednesday, so he was barely out on the. Ch- Tuesday, so like it, unfortunately, but um. I've spoken like I've like well I had two missed cuts in a row. Um, obviously my manager, his manager, are part of the same management group. I actually I've actually spent a lot of time with with Raham's manager, um, <laughs> and yeah, we've we've just chatted heaps and all that, which which is which has been pretty cool just to get and kind of get to know, um, all the guys that on that management group as well. But um, any starstruck moment, I.
I actually don't know. Actually, can't. I, I can't really think of anything. I think, actually, no, maybe Jason Day, we're at Byron Nelson. I was just sitting having lunch, and he came over to me and, like, introduced himself and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And, like, we're saying, like, like what, like, 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 great round the first round and, like, well done in Oz and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> like that, yeah, I think that, that was probably the most, like, starstruck I was overseas. I think, um, Oh, actually, no, no, no. Sorry, there was one pit, but there was one uh, part at the PGA because Netflix, Netflix are following around mm. the PGA tour mm. for the, for the next season. So, because my locker was near Rory's, and they were shooting him at his locker, like I like had to wait. So I was just watching like all these cameramen and like Rory talking to I think it was his agent or something, maybe his caddy. Um, and I'm just standing there just like, I just want to get my shoes and get out of here. Can I do that? <laughs> I reckon if he said um, that no, too, he would have been cool. like, a, I reckon he would have been a good dude about it too. And being like, yeah, mate, come on. Like, just grab your shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Rory would have been like, yeah, yeah, no worries. The camera guy would have been like, just be like, fuck off. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. So, like. That's all right. No, um, it, was, it was cool though. Like been, yeah, there's been some pretty cool stuff. And Seeing Dan also as well win at British Masters, that was that was yes. fucking awesome. Yeah, the celebrations looked looked great on the on the green. Anyway, I'll do a bit of talking so you can drink your coffee for for, for a couple of minutes. That's right. You've um, <laughs> I mean you've you've had a, I guess it's probably been a bit of a whirlwind the last six to seven weeks as you just kind of ran through there. But even pre that, obviously back here in Australia, there's a lot of planning. Like a, a trip of this magnitude doesn't just come together overnight there's a lot of planning involved and i'm sure you've done a lot of it on the fly while you're over there as well not knowing where things are going but uh, so i'm wondering to that end what you've learned about yourself because i think regular listeners to this show will know that we first chatted a few years ago and when we spoke to you most recently you'd said that you'd matured a lot and that you'd felt like you'd grown up and that your game had grown up and i'm assuming that probably you feel that way even more so now having gone on such a significant trip for six, seven, eight weeks and, and probably still a lot more to come. Yeah. I think, I think there's been some, some, uh, some growth over the last, yeah, what, six, uh, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, like the planning stuff, it was, it was hard because you just don't know because I'm all on invites. So it's yeah. literally last minute kind of things And which next year. Well, the, for the rest of this year, we'll, we'll kind of be like that. I won't know what I'm playing until like either the week before and all that where kind of next year it actually gets easier because I'm, mm -hmm. I'll know what I'm playing. Mm -hmm. So I'll pretty much get every event, but the Rolexes. Sure. If I stay in this category, if I finish inside the top 100 on the race to the buy, I get category 10, which gets all but one, maybe Scottish. Um, so it will get easier for me for next year, which is great. Um, but yeah, also like just being able to, to go from not knowing if you have an event from 
say like you f- like you fly out on a Sunday or something like that or the Saturday to get into the, for the tournament week, like you find out on the Friday or Thursday. Mm. Like lucky enough, I've got got a good management group that like they can book all the flights, all the ACOM. They've got all the information there. They've literally they're ready to go. So um, that makes it a lot easier having them. If I didn't have them, it would be a nightmare. <laughs> Like it would just be it'd be be no good. Um, but I do have them switch it, which is great. And obviously, yeah, it, it it should get easier. So it's like I'd say the one thing I probably learned is just how consistent you have to be. Mm-hmm. Not just not just golf wise, just everything. Um, your practice and all that, and even eating. All, all that kind of stuff you just gotta like you're not at home anymore you're not you're not familiar with a lot of things so just making that all consistent will then help you on the golf course i think let's talk open championship that's of course the big one um i mean first up there's there's generally two sides to the fence that you consider either the open championship the greatest tournament in golf or the masters the greatest tournament in golf which side do you fall on the open Thank you, and it's not even close. It's not even close. The thank you. Been, the Open's been going on for twice the time. <laughs> thank you, Marshy's Marshy's Bye. in the Mar- Marshy's in the Masters uh, at the minute, and I'm slowly converting him. But you know, I'm also happy for him to stay on that side of the fence because I've said the Open Championship <laughs> from the very beginning. So, um, how how have you prepared for the Open Championship? Obviously, we're doing this the the twelfth of July, so we've still got a week. But how are you preparing? How will you? prepare for the open championship and uh, does it have a you've played in a major now does it have a different feel to it um, now that you've got a bit of a lead up into this one last one you just said you were rushed in but does it have a bit yeah. of a different feel about it and, and how are you preparing for it so yeah so the pj was obviously a weird one because you've you i found out the week before and i was playing a tournament the week before so yeah i had to get in monday morning go straight to the course and then play. Well, I play. I think I played nine uh, late and then I played 18 Tuesday and then nine on Wednesday where majors, uh, the practice rounds are just brutal. Like, like if you play 18 at six and a half hours, like yeah. no, like no bullshit. Um, and that'd so be eating you week, up too. That would be eating you up. Oh, uh, you yeah, personally, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's annoying. Um, so th- this week, uh, I played yesterday. I played 18 yesterday with Baz. Um, I think I want to try and play. I want to try and play holes every day. Mm-hmm. Not it's not not 18. Might play six. We might play whatever a few holes. Just kind of get familiar of. Around the greens. Hi, Josh. Sorry, that's Josh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just getting familiar with the golf course. So when I when the major week does come in, everyone's doing all that rushing, going like, like and doing all like doing all the the unnecessary. Well, it's necessary but unnecessary chipping around the greens and mm-hmm. hitting extra shots and all that, which those rounds do take forever. So I'm going to be playing potentially nine, nine, nine on. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with with some of the boys. Hopefully, 
hopefully I can potentially team up with team up with Ram to play nine and and see mm. and see if we can make that happen because I I I did want to make that happen and um <laughs> my manager did kind of promise me but <laughs> I won't say promise um and yeah kind of just get kind of just play with with anyone that who who is a big name so then once like I go and play on Thursday, like all those nerves are kind of gone, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they, they won't be. Um, but yeah, just, just see like, like, yes. So me and Baz were just hitting just the most ridiculous shots around the greens. Like I, I think I posted one yesterday where yeah. I ran one around the bunker. Yeah. Like it shot those shots. You just don't, you don't see anywhere else, but yep. like links golf. So just getting, just getting used to that. And I think, having a week to do that I think is probably the, probably the best prep you can you can get and then tee it up Thursday and just just absolutely send it how's the course like, looking yeah. obviously we're a week out now like how's the how's the course kind of looking how's it playing what have you thought of it personally all that sort of stuff yeah it's 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 quite green at the moment they've had a lot of rain over the last I think three or four weeks um for a while there, it was actually like proper brown, like when Tiger won, mm. like it was like really firm. But they've had it, yeah, they've had a shitload of rain over the last four weeks, which has made the course a lot longer. Like you can stop, you can stop balls on the greens. The rough is like juicy as, like it wasn't like apparently it wasn't even that high. Now it's like crazy high. Um. It's brutal. It's a, such a long golf course. So like, I think it's like six, seven meters. Yeah, so, right. yeah, and it's you have to hit it straight. Like you can, uh, you can probably get away with some drives in the rough, but you have to hit it straight. And then the like you got pop bunkers and all that. You just got to be, you got to be like aggressive enough, but smart at the same time and i think there's i i think there's going to be a lot of like i think it's going to be more up to your ball striking than your short game and obviously like your puttings the putting's going to be important but i think it's more if you if whoever ball strikes at the best will will be up there well, that was going to be the question I was going to ask you. What sort of player is going to win it? And and you've answered it brilliantly. Yeah, the the one about ball striking. But um, I, I guess what look at the last two. Look at the last two winners. Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tiger and Tiger and Rory, and then yeah, it it and and they've made some new tees as well. So okay. when so when Tiger won it, when it was really firm, like he didn't hit drive. He maybe hit one driver or something like that. Where there's a lot of back, there's a lot of like longer tees now. Which I think, if it was firm with the ball now than what it was, I think you could probably do that. But there's some holes where like me and Baz hit irons yesterday, and like we like just made the fairway. Yeah, right. So like, no, nah, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot. I think it's a lot longer than what it was. What was it seventeen years ago? Even from I think when Raw, I think they added a lot of like quite a bit of length to so they changed the routing so if people are watching the open from 2014 the the routing is a little bit different um so 
16, 17, 18 used to be par five, par four, then a par five, and both quite reachable. So 16 was probably maybe like 580, 570 straight downwind. Mm-hmm. And I think um, 18 was very similar. I think maybe, maybe a little bit shorter, maybe 540 or 550. Um, the 16th is now 630, and the 18th is like 610. And yeah, the right. 18th is OB both sides. <laughs> and it's like stupid tight. Like from the tee, like I think if it plays downwind, I think a lot of guys are going to be hitting three wood off the tee just because they'll run into the bunkers on the left. But it is like they've added some length and they've added things. They've added a few new tees to a few other holes, but there's also one new hole as well. Okay. So uh, they built a par three behind the old 17th green. It's like, it goes back to the water okay. and this green is fucking mental. <laughs> like it literally, it's like, it's like a, a big upside down, like bowl. Yeah, so right. like, if you miss either side of it, it's like literally going either side. It's, it's, there's going to be drama. There hundred percent. There's going to be drama on that hole. And it's like, it's 120 meters. Right. To the mid- yeah, to the like, wedge. I thought, oh, actually, no, maybe 130 meters to a middle pin. Right. And How it's going to you... be blown straight. Yeah, it will, and it's only a little. I guess it's probably a wedge, maybe a little bit more if if the winds mm. winds blow. But how, yeah. how do you think it fits your game personally? Because I remember obviously talking to you, and you were talking that you like shaping shots, and you like being able to see the ball go different ways, and essentially be quite creative in the way that you play. How do you think this course is going to set up for your game this week? And, and maybe more broadly, what are your expectations for the week? Um, I think well, I put a new driver in play last okay. week. Um, it's a little bit longer, so it will go a little bit wider, but I think I need to have that. And I think I need to have that on a string. And I think my irons at the moment, they feel pretty good. I think I can, I feel like I can play pretty well this week. Yeah. But if I, if I feel like if I do everything, if I do everything solid, I don't feel like I have to do anything amazing. I feel like I can play. I can potentially compete. Yep. Um, I'll see if everything's on, everything's on. Um, yeah, it's a hard one because we've only played it once, so it's yep. hard to kind of really. I think, yeah, you just have. I think we just have to be like aggressive, but also smart at the same time. Um, with going at either going at pins, hitting it to thirty feet is not is actually not that bad. Yep. Going to some pins, like the greens are so good here, and they and they're so true. Like you're gonna like there's gonna be a lot of putts hold. It's just if the wind gets up on those greens, it's going to be going to be quite brutal. Um, but yeah, like I feel like I'm hitting it really good. Like from the last from last week and the like the work I did over the weekend at, at British Masters, I feel like I feel like I can compete. Yeah, I love it. I I, I love it. And and like I say, I think you know courses like this that demand a bit of creativity and. You know, making making pars not 
the end of not the end of the world. It's not bad, right? Like we often talk about, oh shit, yeah. you know, not enough birdies, mate. But mate, walking away with a par on some of these difficult holes yeah. is going to be more is going to be one of the most important things. But um, you've been generous with your time this morning, and we'll let you finish your coffee. It's probably an iced coffee <laughs> about now, but um, nah, that's all right. It's actually not too bad. Who's 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 on the bag? What's the what's the bag situation? Uh, who's who have you roped in? So I've got Benji Brewer, who okay. is uh, um, who Paddy's on the Ladies European Tour. Yes, who is uh, engaged? So he could be married. Engaged you to Whitney Hillier. Yes, I don't believe they're married just yet, but uh, yeah, yes, there I think you go. I think they did. I'm pretty sure they're definitely engaged though. They are. They are. That's but, a good. Um, that's a good get, mate. Yeah. So yeah. So um, he's been around here heaps, mm-hmm. and uh, he knows the course quite well. So. Yep. And his experience as well. I think he caddied in. Uh, I think he caddied a pedal. I'm Did pretty he? sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so, like, from one mate, from one major to, I think they've got. I think they've got a tournament this week, and then into another major. Like, nothing's gonna be too dissimilar to to him. So, like, yeah, having someone that's been there, it's it's comfortable with it. Get ready to go. Yeah. Last question for you. What's your, your dream pairing for the first day? You get the the T sheets come out, the times are on there, D Michelucci. What are the other three? I reckon one of them's probably gonna be Jay Ram. <laughs> Who else is on the on the dream T on on the, the dream grouping there day one? I'll probably shit myself, so probably not, Ram. <laughs> um I reckon. Oh, who's playing this week? Uh, Everyone will be jetting in soon, I'd suggest. Yeah, I would say someone someone familiar. I reckon maybe mm. like a so maybe that's a good question. <laughs> I was great, thinking that I was like, question. you know, I was thinking I was like, you know, someone like. Obviously, you know, you get paired with John Rahm in the first round. It's holy shit. But I was like, you know, yeah. you get paired, paired with someone like Baz. That's going to be do, go yeah. wonder, wonders for you, you know? It's just two of the boys yeah. going out. But it'd be like playing another practice round, except it's... Yeah. I reckon... I reckon we go... Nah, you've stumped me, man. All you've right, me. we'll, we'll go. Stumped, John, we'll go, John Rahm. I'm going to put words in your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> words go, in your mouth, John. All right, what, what, what all the what, what all the people listening wants to hear? Rahm and Rory. Yeah, there Thanks. you go. Rory would be very cool. I which which will definitely that. won't happen, but that's all right. <laughs> I definitely forgot about Rory. No, mate, you've been uh, you've been great <laughs> to join us again, and um, appreciate you you jumping on the show for the upteenth time and. Wish you the very best of luck at, at Hoy Lake. Um, we'll probably, this will come out next week, I'd suggest. We're recording on the 12th, as I said, but best of luck for the Open Championship. I'll be tuning in in the wee hours of the morning, uh, flicking between the ashes and uh, and the Open Championship for sure, mate. But uh, go well over there, and uh, hopefully you're striping them and, and uh, achieve everything that you want to. So thanks again, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cracking chat, Drew. He's, he's always entertaining. I think it's the one thing you can guarantee when you get on, whether it's the Zoom call or the phone with Mika, uh, is you'll walk away with a smile on your face, mm. uh, as I am now having listened to it for the first time. And, yeah, I couldn't be more 
happy for the bloke that he's there at a tournament which you heard he clearly loves and has grown up loving mm-hmm. uh, what it must mean to him to be playing in it for the first time and uh, you know I'm sure it's a it's a milestone that he'll remember for a long time so one of our favorites uh, a part of a large Aussie contingent as you said there before we got into it and we'll run through the full list of Aussies in the field uh, as well as all of our usual bits and bobs in our preview episode coming your way a little later this week. Uh, we turn our attention now to Mr. Gary Lisbon. Uh, we said at the very top of this episode, one of the best in the business globally when it comes to uh, golf photography. If you don't follow him on Instagram, uh, you're missing a trick because it's one of my favorite things as I scroll through the feed. really fills the cup when I go past one of Gary's photos uh, from anywhere in the world. He's recently spent a bit of time at Royal Liverpool uh, and he's been dropping bits and pieces across his feet in the last week leading into the tournament. So we thought what better time to have the man on to give his perspective of what shapes as a great golf course leading into the 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. So here's Gary Lisbon. Gary, it's great to have your company once again on the 19th tee. Uh, An unbelievable venue we are this week for the 151st Open Championship. I I suppose where I wanted to start is just from your perspective as a golf fan, because obviously you're one of the very best in the business when it comes to shooting courses through the lens but you're you're an incredible uh i suppose fan of the game as well a player yourself so what about the property struck you what, what kind of stuck with you from a golf fan perspective when you spend a bit of time there yeah thank, thanks karen thanks nathan uh hoy lake's a, an interesting proposition it's probably not the most well-known open venue uh and it's probably not the most exciting open venue in terms of the the general topography but what it makes up for with uh, flatness over quite a few of the holes is, is more than made up for with some some interesting quirky things like internal out of bounds and and so on and so forth. So it's going to be a very interesting tournament. It's going to be an exciting tournament. I think the Open generally is uh, is known as being Scottish golf. Great, let's ho- let's hold an Open at St Andrews, and England doesn't really get its fair share of kudos and I think golf in England links golf in England is is fantastic I got a fuller appreciation of that last year when we visited a whole bunch of of courses and Hoy Lake was one that I'd visited previously uh never really got or understood or enjoyed and going back there last year I really changed my whole perspective on things do you think that that'll resonate with some of the players too. I mean, obviously there's a number of guys who are making either their open championship debut or, or have not played at Hoy Lake previously. I mean, there's, there's so many guys that are in the top end of the betting markets that are nearly the favorites that haven't played at Hoy Lake or mm-hmm. played an open championship. Do you think the guys that have <clears throat> played the Aurorys of the world, for example, spring to mind, do, do you think having been there and played will have a bigger impact on them this time around and give them a benefit almost? Yeah, I, th- I think certainly it's, uh, you know, we remember when Tiger won there and um, uh, didn't use, I think he used a driver maybe once or twice during the whole 72 holes. And it is very much a position golf course. You want to hit fairways and that gives you a chance of hitting greens and, and then making some putts. So the conditions aren't as dry as they were. I think when when Tiger won, certainly a lot, uh, a lot greener and a lot wetter. They've had a bit of rain over there in England. So that's going to make the... Um, the necessity of hitting fairways even even greater because I think if you're in that rough, the long rough, as we sort of saw with the Scottish Open at, at Renaissance Club, uh, it's going to make extricating the ball quite difficult. So do players who have played there before have an advantage? Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, certainly know your, your angles, um, driving driving angles off the tees and, and where not to miss it. 
There's some interesting new um, new elements being the new 17th hole mm. that no doubt you want to talk about. Mm. Uh, so it, it's I think it will definitely favour those that have been there in the past. But let's see what happens. I mean, Rory's in good form, isn't he? <laughs> we were we were just talking about that and whether he maybe went a week too a week too early winning the Scottish Open, which is where I'm falling personally. I'll throw my hand up. But um, I wonder, Gary. I mean, you you've seen the course from probably more angles than anyone has seen it. You've you've seen it from the bird's eye view, and I'm sure there are probably players out there who utilize your photography to to prepare for golf tournaments. How much creativity is is involved in shot making at Royal Liverpool at Hoy Lake there because it's often something that we talk about with Lynx Golf that oh you have to be creative you have to be able to see shots that other people can't see to win is that the case with 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 Hoy Lake because as you said at the the top you know it's maybe not one of the ones that gets the most love and and we always talk about St Andrews and and other courses that get the the Open Championship so how much sort of creativity do you think um, is going to be required at Hoy Lake come these next four days. Yeah, I think any time you play a Lynx course that generally has, say, firmer fairways and is not really target golf, as, as you might see in the US, heavily watered fairways, heavily watered greens, then your creativity really can come come into it and you can benefit from that, certainly. I think uh, if players uh, are missing greens, which no doubt they will miss greens, then their ability to get the ball up and down uh, won't necessarily be played through the air. It'll often be played along the ground and from playing it um, last year and playing it quite well, shall I say, for, for 17 <laughs> of the 18 holes, um, you know where not to miss it. And if if you do miss it in those those bad spots, it's it's testing. It's it's double bogey territory quite easily. What was the hole, just out of curiosity, that, that, uh, that failed you, Gary? <laughs> so depressing, Kieran. I was going along really well. I think I was, <laughs> I think I was one under par uh, coming up to the. The 15th hole, which is the little eye of uh, the par three, the new hole that's actually playing as 17 for the open. Mm-hmm. And I negotiated that hole with a par, so I'm thinking this is fine. And then uh, the members course then then plays their 16th hole actually is the 18th hole for the open. So it's the it's got the outer bounds of the practice fairway down the right. It's got some tiny little fairway bunkers down the left. And, of course, I hit in one fairway bunker into another fairway bunker, out onto the fairway a few more shots later, and I walked off. I think with a nine, so quite quite depressing. But um, uh, golf's an eighteen-hole game, isn't it? Not seventeen holes, which is why you'll see me taking photos rather than being on any any pro tour. <laughs> Gary, I'm 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 quite curious. You, you mentioned that your perspective changed entirely going back last year than your first visit there, and and I I'm curious to know. Do you think that is more the product of the changes that had been made to the course. I mean, I heard a great chat with uh, with Martin Ebert, who's obviously done the work yeah. there in in you know um, rerouting and, and changing a number of the holes. Or do you think it's more to do with the natural, I suppose, cadence of going back to a place for a second time and just seeing it differently? Because I also heard another great great chat with Joe McDonnell, who does great work with oh, yes. OCM Golf, mm-hmm. and yeah. Joe's a member at Royal Liverpool, and and he. In that interview, he said that it's the type of place that you play it three times and you'll have an entirely or a vastly different experience. So I wonder if if your shift in perspective is more to do with the physical changes to the course or maybe just coming at it with different eyes the second time around. I think it was probably the fact that it was 12 degrees, raining sideways, uh, <laughs> wind, wind was blowing, that, <laughs> that made it quite a quite a challenging test of golf. 
but but obviously when you do, as Joe mentioned, when you do play any course um, multiple times, you, you get a, a fuller appreciation of the subtleties, the nuances um, of, the, of the design. So um, as I said, the first time I played it, wet, awful, cold conditions last year, firmer, dry conditions, quite quite warm. So it was certainly easy to keep the ball on the on the fairway. In terms of the design changes, I I don't really recall other than the fifteenth hole, the little par three, little eye. Uh, I can't really say I know. I can't recall many of the other changes that that Mackenzie Ebert have done. But they they do good stuff, and they've done they've done good stuff here and a bunch of other open rotor courses. Let's talk about. Uh, and, and I'm always conscious because it is one of these courses where the route for the open is not what day-to-day members play. So I think for the benefit of our listeners, not confusing the topic, we'll talk in uh, open championship course speak, but the run home, you know, 17 you've already kind of mentioned is that um, devilishly short hole and then and then 18 presents its own challenges. Let's talk about the short hole first. It, it seems to be more and more in vogue, the short path three. We saw a fantastic challenge in that respect at uh, the, the North Course at the LA Country Club and the US Open most recently. Uh, firstly, from your perspective, just playing it, what questions does it ask? Because I always personally find uh, incredibly intimidating, the short path three. It, it seems so simple to look at, but so many ways in which you can go wrong. It's so true. There's there's an expectation, isn't there, when a par three plays 100, 110 yards or or metres, that, boy, this is a flick wedge onto the green. You walk off with two <laughs> two, putts, uh, two putt par. But certainly places like, let's say, TPC Sawgrass with the 17th hole there, and I think it was 15th at LACC and 17 here. Um, it's set up for drama, and I think that's certainly what they're, they're trying to do. They've got a whole bunch of grandstands around that particular hole. So they're looking for drama to happen, and they believe it will happen on that particular hole. You could make anything from from a birdie, or even a hole-in-one, really, to something like a double or triple bogey, uh, whether you're in the bunker short, whether you fly the green and you're through the back, you can almost go out of bounds uh, or even missing left and right. So it's it's scary for, for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, and I think partly, as you were saying, because there's the expectation on a short hole that uh, you should be conquering that short hole. Certainly not the case. And then you add a bit of wind coming off the water because the prevailing wind will be generally into the face um, and there's just a whole whole lot of challenge there. So that's going to be tough. And then 18, I think it's been extended back about 560, 570 yards. It's got the internal out of bounds down the right-hand side. So you're going to favour the left, but then, you know, you miss the fairway left, you're in some long rough and, and then extricating yourself out of that and getting down towards the green where it, it pinches in quite nicely. The out of bounds pinches in quite nicely. So, it's it's going to be a testing testing uh, finish, certainly. It was interesting in that chat with Martin Ebert, kind of he said one of the, I, I suppose, requests of the club uh, came out of maybe a perceived criticism in 2014 uh, that didn't necessarily ask enough questions coming down the stretch. And you certainly get the sense that it will because, I, and I not to um, cast aspersions at the Renaissance Club, but someone, you know, seeing Rory go birdie, birdie on the weekend to, to come over the top of Robert McIntyre and and win the Scottish Open. If you're chasing birdie birdie in the final two holes to win the tournament on Sunday at, at Royal Liverpool, it's a very scary proposition. Well, it's scary. And, and, you know, if it comes off, you're a hero. 
But if it doesn't, you've dropped from second place to maybe fifth or sixth or seventh <laughs> place. And with that comes uh, losing losing a fair bit of money, doesn't it? So, you know, I think you can see possible eagles coming coming on the 18th hole, but equally uh, doubles and triples. So time will tell. And I think conditions are going to have a lot to do with that. I'm not quite sure what the forecast has been, but chatting with some of my English buddies, uh, they've had a fair bit of rain in recent times. Yeah, I, was, I actually we, we was. Should know that from watching the ashes as well. Yeah, well, I was. <laughs> don't worry, Gary. I've been I've been keeping a close eye on it because the way that the English are playing at the moment, I'm a little bit worried about the fourth test. So I'm playing <laughs> yes. play, playing the rain card, mate. Uh, so, but there is going to be a bit of rain around come Sunday, so we could be in for in for some carnage, and the wind will be wind will be up as well. Uh, to that end, do you, what do you think the winning score is going to be? I mean, it's it's so difficult to to predict every time, but we've got this infatuation that we want it to be one over par or you know three under par, but it never seems to happen with the modern game. I mean, you've seen the property more than most, and and from more angles, as I said, and and understand it. Do you can you give us maybe an indication of what you think that winning score might look like? Uh, it, it is solely solely weather dependent. Yeah, you get four, four days that blow with a bit of rain, and it will probably sit. I don't know, maybe four or five under par. Uh, you get four days of, of really good conditions, and you know you could be up around where Rory was at, at Scottish Open, sort of 15, 15 under par. So you know the par fives, I think, are, uh, a number of them are genuine eagle chances. I know that the uh, the normal eighth, which is playing as the tenth, is reverted back to a par four. But um, you know, there's there's some eagle eagle chances out there. Is there a favourite part of the property for you, mate? Because I mean, yeah. you, you must walk around these places just generally, right? Like you must walk around these places, and and certain areas capture you more than most. Is there a part of Royal Liverpool that you, you you're certainly taken by? Oh, I think so, and I think um, Nathan. It's really the holes that are along that that June line, which is on the um, the edge of the property, and they're they're probably the most interesting holes. They have the most uh, change change in elevation and dips and hollows, and uh, just a, a nice feeling course as opposed to the generally flatter land that mm-hmm. that um, you know on first glance could be seen as a little bit boring. So definitely that stretch that that's probably going it's going to play 10, 11, 12, 13, 10, 11, 12, 13, and, and 14, and then 17. They're the holes that are sort of along that, that June line. So that, they'll be great through there. And the, but having said that, you know, the, the uh, third hole, which is the members opening hole with the, again, internal out of bounds, which is an unusual mm. situation, hugging that whole right-hand side, that's scary as well. And yeah. and I, I reckon we'll see some people hit out, hit out of bounds there, whether it's off the tee or even the approach shot, depending on what the wind's doing. It's going to be exciting nonetheless, I think. The Open Championship, well, it's a good question. Marshy, I mean, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. He, <laughs> he's in the Masters camp. He loves the Masters. That's his tournament. He, I'm an Open Championship. Where are you, Gary? Uh, hands down, Open Championship. <laughs> hands, hands down. 2-1. It stays it's, too hard. It's, it's it's just pure golf. I yeah. mean, Augusta is Augusta, and you don't quite have anything like it. Um, mm. It's it's almost too perfect. And I've been fortunate; <laughs> I've been there once, and and you're in awe, and you're gazing around and getting all excited. But the Open for me is the one that uh, can just throw up anything. Uh, fortunes can change in an instant, particularly with with bunkering. You get mm. in 
you get in a bunker like the Roadhole Bunker or plenty of other bunkers out there on the open courses and you may not get out for a couple of shots. I think uh, I remember the postage stamp hole at Troon and Rory in a practice round was sort of playing. It took about five or six to get out of the right-hand bunker. Mm-hmm. Myself on that left-hand bunker of the of the postage stamp that's known as the coffin bunker and I just about died in there. I, took, I think I took about four or four to get out of there. So, so for me, for me, it's very much the open. The open is is the event. Absolutely love it. I, I think four, I, shots, I just, four I, shots is normal for our golf, Marsh. You just any normal, yeah, bunkers. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I might just, uh, I might just interject momentarily to somewhat defend <laughs> myself. I, I think as I age, I'm, I am softening, and I, I kind of did flag that in the introduction here that. Uh, it's an opinion that was fervent when we started this podcast, you know, the better part of five years ago, and it's softening. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Gary, in the sense of growing up and, and watching Augusta National on television as a young kid, essentially, like, learning the game. It is this mythical place, and I can imagine it's the same as when you walk through the gates and drive down Magnolia Lane and walk around the course. It, it is manicured to within an inch of itself, which is is great for four days of the year, but it's only really like that for about 14 days out of 365, right? It gets up for the tournament. And I think what I've come to appreciate from the Open Championship and, and by extension, Lynx Golf, is that these courses are really a reflection. It's like the courses fit into the land and not the other way around. And the courses are an extension or a reflection of the little towns that they find themselves mm. in and the beating heart. Whereas it, nothing in Augusta, Georgia looks like Augusta National. If that makes exactly. sense, I, I think that's Very where, true. as I age, I, I certainly have come to soften that opinion a lot more because it is pure to what you say. It's pure golf. It, it's golf, but it's most pure form. It, it is, and you see creativity and shot making that we just absolutely love. It's not just that through the air golf. It's the bump and run stuff. It's really being uh, creative in the way that you you uh, manufacture your shots to get as close to the hole as possible. I'll give you one point. The the Masters, the thing the US Masters and generally any of the US majors on the East Coast have going for them is the time zone because we wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. and we've done this for 20, 30 years, haven't we? And that Masters, Masters time, you wake up, you watch the Masters from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. You then go out all inspired and try and do it uh, yourself and <laughs> It works for about a hole or two. So the time zone is great. Um, the Open Championship's a bit more challenging because it's generally maybe a 9 p.m. start time through to about 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. So I've had many, many nights over the years watching uh, our Mr. Norman mounting charges at the Open, <laughs> 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. in the morning. Troon comes to mind, I think, when he inverted the first maybe seven holes in a row, I think, on that final round and... Then lost in that um, ill-fated uh, playoff with Grady and Kalkovecchia. Um, so the time zone does it for me in terms of the Masters. I prefer that time zone. But in terms of the pureness of the golf, it's the Open Championship. That's only if you're on the East Coast. Over here in Perth, we're pretty good. Oh, I like, oh, I'm happy for the Open Championship. <laughs> I tell you what, the last few the last few weeks, I've been walking into work like an absolute zombie because I've been you know, <laughs> watching cricket until two a.m. It's been perfect for me. But <laughs> Masters, on the other hand, oh, don't get much of it. Uh, final no. question, mate: Who who wins? Oh, we all, we always love to get a tip from our guests. Who do you think's going to be the winner? I mean, there's, there's so many great chances and. And really, I mean, if the wind blows and the weather comes in on Sunday, if you're a couple back, you're, you're still a, you're still in with a red-hot go. 
Who's going to win? Who, or who do I want to win? Both. Um, you can well, give, give us both. both. Yeah, we do that. Both. That's what we do in our preview. Who do you want to win and who, you, who uh, do you think will win? Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love Cam Smith to go back to back. We were there watching every step of the way. We walked the final round with him last year and it was just exceptional what he was, what he did and how focused he was. Obviously, a lot, lot of things have happened in, in the 12 months since, but mm. he's striking some good form. Uh, in terms of the other Aussies, you know, he might get a roughie. A roughie here and there. Minwoo Lee, I thought he'd do better in the Scottish Open than he did, given he was, uh, he's a previous winner there. Uh, he can just about do anything just in terms of the, the distance he hits the ball. In terms of, you know, Rory's form hitting into the Open, now is is good. He's, he's won in Scotland. He's won at Liverpool before. So, yeah, I think he, he's a possibility. Someone like a Scotty Sheffley, you can never discount down him. And then wouldn't it be wonderful to have a, a Tommy Fleetwood English mm. winner win the Open? That'd be fantastic also. Yes. So I think um, probably more so those players than any of the uh, any of the European players. But let's see how wrong I am in five or six days' time. <laughs> time will tell, Gary. Time will tell. Uh, two brief ones from me just to finish up. Uh, you spent time there, as we said, 12 months ago. What was your impression of how proud the membership are to be hosting this tournament this week because as we know, the nature of uh, the open rotor is, you know, well ahead of time of when it's coming to your backyard uh, and, you know, the scale of these tournaments, preparation really does start 12 months out to get mm. the place ready um, to host, uh, a, you know, a tournament of such magnitude. So I'm sure even a year ago, there would have been a buzz around the membership of what it was going to be like to have, you know, the the jewel and the crown return to, to Hoy Lake. Oh, there's so much history there, isn't there, with the Open. Uh, it's been held a number of – I don't know how many off the top of my head, but obviously Peter Thompson mm. won, won, the, won the Open there. And as you walk into the the golfer's um, arrival point at, at Hoy Lake, they've got big murals on the wall that showcase and outline all of the winners of the Open Championship, and that's something that's been followed by a number of other clubs uh, around the world, including in Australia. So they're a very proud, proud membership. A uh, very stately clubhouse, amazing uh, trophies and and artwork on walls, and it just smells and oozes hundreds of years of history and tradition. So I think they're very, very proud. They are probably like any course that has members; they don't want the course to be beaten up completely by by the pros. So they'll be they'll be hoping that the wind blows, the rain comes in, and the scores remain modest. So um, yeah, that's what I think there. And just finally, uh, and I'm sorry to hit you with a philosophical one at the end. It may not be an easy answer to articulate, but I, I'm really interested in your in your perspective of what makes links golf so romantic in our eyes. Because I, I think you know you've photographed courses all around the world, different continents, different countries, different formats. Whether it's woodlands golf, desert golf, there's just something about it, isn't there? Like there's not too many venues that we see week in week out on the PGA Tour. We might like some of them to look at, but they don't hit us. You know, in our bones, like watching, you know, the Open Championship does on a Lynx course. What do you think it is about Lynx golf that we find so romantic? Well, for me, uh, with my photographic eyes, it's it's the four thirty a.m. time timelines where the sun is just starting to rise, and you're seeing bumps and dips and hollows, and it just it just comes alive, and it doesn't look manufactured; it looks completely natural. And we spoke about that earlier that. Maybe the Masters is something that's that's not normal. I, I think with any any kind of links golf, genuine links golf, it is 
it's it's normal. It's just the terrain as as it has been for hundreds of years. Uh, I think also there's there's creativity in shop making. There's complete unfairness in Lynx golf. The number of times you, you've hit what you think is a fantastic tee shot only to come up and find that it's rolled into a bunker that you can only hit out sideways or backwards. How depressing is that? You've hit the best <laughs> shot of your life and you have to hit out, hit out backwards. So um, for, for all of those reasons, it's just a, it's an alluring, it's an exciting, um, it's an exciting uh, landscape. Tell you what, for, for a question without notice, you articulated it pretty bloody well, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Look, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, as it always is, to get your insight into these places. You've got one of the best jobs in the world, I think, to be able to travel around the globe and and, and be as intimate with a property as, uh, as you are, as capturing it through the land. So we really appreciate your insights here. We've certainly appreciated the insights via your Instagram feed, and, and that will continue into the start of the tournament. And uh, we really hope you enjoy the, the four days as much as we do and look forward to chatting again soon into the future, Gary. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, Nathan. Let's see how incorrect I was with the winner and the winning score. <laughs>